welcome back to Purpose Driven in Christ. This message is entitled, The Spirit of Religion. So the spirit of religion is simply focusing on laws and regulations and things that cause division versus things that will prompt an encounter with Jesus and encourage a reminder of his unconditional love. The spirit of religion is rooted in pride. It can cause a stumbling block to many. And we know God, he detests the proud. He does not like pride. And he gives grace to the humble. So we want to make sure that we're not in a place of entertaining the spirit of religion, that we're discerning it because the spirit of religion can cause a stumbling block to others and cause them to not be rooted in the things of Christ. Instead, they might be rooted in the things of what man is teaching them. It can, conf- it can confuse new converts or people who are considering to become followers. So I'm gonna start with scripture here, Colossians 2, four through 10. I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So that's Colossians 2, 4 through 10. And in this text, it's pretty much warning us and encouraging us to not be deceived with arguments, to be deeply rooted in Christ. When we're deeply rooted in Christ, we won't be tossed to and fro with different types of doctrine. So we want to make sure when we're rooted, we, we understand the things of God. We understand his character. So if someone is trying to argue with us and trying to take us off course and have us focus on something that is not something that Jesus would want us to focus on, we would be able to discern that. So when our faith grows strong in the truth, we will overflow with thankfulness. We will really understand God's love. We will understand how deeply we're rooted in him and that we're identified in him. And so we won't be captured by philosophies and things that people are trying to convince us of 
to subtly distract us from who we are in Christ. So this is very important for us to understand as believers. We have to understand our our identity in Christ so that we are not questioning our salvation. We are not questioning the love of, of God, that we're secure in him. And what the enemy wants to do with the spirit of religion is get us caught up with rules, laws, a workspace mentality that we have to do X, Y, and Z to be accepted by God. We have to do X, Y, and Z to be saved, or uh, we have to um, act a certain kind of way. And all of this is in our strength. This is all workspace. This doesn't have anything to do with a relationship. This is all man-related stuff that is um, focusing on the wrong things versus focusing on a relationship with Jesus. So it's very, so this is very similar to the Pharisees where they were focusing on the minors. They were making the minors majors. They were condemning individuals, making them feel less than human. And this was coming from a place of pride. They were unable to see the big picture and it caused confusion. So in 2 Timothy, remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. So Christians, if we're following Christ, we shouldn't be arguing, going back and forth about doctrine and what we understand because it becomes a stumbling block. It causes division. It causes potential new converts to be confused or those who are even considering following Christ to question their decision that is from the influence of the enemy and when we're in a place of pride we might not see that we might think we're doing Jesus a favor by arguing scriptures with other Christians and making folk the focus on who's right and and people might be looking up to these individuals teaching because of their influence So we always want to make sure we're in a place of humility and that we are understanding who we are in Christ so we can discern when that's happening and we can be in a place of prayer. Okay, so I'm going to also read John 5, 1 through 3 and 5, 1 through 18. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the Pool of Bethesda. With five covered porches, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the man said. For I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. 
Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such, a, such as that? They demanded. The man didn't know for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. So here we have it. Jesus is doing an amazing thing again. He's healing the sick. Someone who was looked over, who's been there for so long, who probably lost hope in his ability to do something that so many people were doing. And now he sees someone who helps him, who heals him and gives him the ability to walk. Jesus does this on the Sabbath. And so the focus becomes the rule of not working on the Sabbath. But the bigger picture, the amazing picture is the fact that this man was healed. This was a miracle. So instead of the Pharisees saying, praise the Lord, Praise God, you're healed, you're walking. We're so happy you're walking. And instead of them having that response and wanting to know how did this happen and and wanting to and wanting to know the good as to you know how it happened. Of course they wanted to know that, but to know that so that they might be able to receive that same type of miracle in their lives whatever you know they would need they wanted to find a way to condemn what happened to condemn the person who helped him and so that shows a heart condition and that was the spirit of religion that was the, a place of pride they weren't concerned about the major of the fact that this person was healed they were concerned about the minor you did this on the sabbath And not only that, they wanted to harass Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. They were in a place of pride and they were unable to see that Jesus was doing it from a place of love. And so the focus was on breaking a rule and they wanted to kill him. No grace. No, and there was no, they were unable to see 
love. They were unable to see purpose in that. They only saw rules and regulations. They were religious. And so this is why Jesus always talks about love. Because that it was love that prompted Jesus to extend his grace to this this man who was lame. It was love who even it was love that prompted Jesus to even say you are healed but stop sinning. He loved him so much that he said stop sinning. Our love will encourage us to do things by an, uh, an encounter, an awareness, a love for people. Jesus loves people. The Pharisees didn't love people. They loved self-righteousness. They loved rules. They loved religion, looking a certain way, but not being a certain way. The spirit of religion surface. It has us doing things to be, but it doesn't prompt us to the one. It doesn't prompt us to have an encounter with the one and, and experience his love and understand why we were created. And so that had the Pharisees focusing on the wrong thing. Now, the spirit of religion nowadays can cause the body of Christ to be distracted. As we know, there can be debates about scripture and it it can cause a person to question their salvation, the love, unconditional love that Jesus has for them, even when they make a mistake. And this is why even some Christians question their salvation because they're only hearing condemnation for their wrong. They don't hear that Jesus loves them. They don't hear that Jesus wants them to be set free. They don't hear that Jesus wants you to spend time with him in the word and pray and just commune with him and have a relationship with him. They're encouraged to listen to their teacher, their leader, their pastor, and only take heed to what they say, but not take heed to what the scripture says. And if we're if we're not directing individuals to the one, we're not directing individuals to the person who can truly change them. And we're making it about man, we're making it about ourselves and philosophies and traditions and you can't wear this and you can't do that. And we're really causing people to not experience the power and so this is the spirit of religion we can be indoctrinated with what a person wants us to do more so than what God wants us to do so in 2nd Timothy 3 3 through 5 they will be unloving and unforgiving they will slander others and have no self-control They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So in 2 Timothy 3, 3 through 5, it's it's given us an illustration of what this religious spirit looks like. 
you know, you, a person can have a religious spirit and still operate in just sin. Because it talks, it, it's indicating here that they will slander others and have no self-control. And so through this, they're doing this, but still having this form of being religious and going to church frequently, doing things that make them look religious, but they're not rooting in, rooted in Christ. Now, in the Pharisee situation, they, they hated what was good, and they were reckless with what they did. They were puffed up with pride. This is all part of the scripture, and they acted religious, and they rejected the power that could make them godly. So this is a description of a religious spirit. And it doesn't have to necessarily look like the way the Pharisees did, but it could even look like, what if they weren't cruel? What if they were loving, but they they did all the, the actions of looking religious, like they went out in the temple courts and they prayed for hours but in their heart, they didn't love the person who was sick next to them, the person who was asking for food. They looked at them like, oh, you need to get a job or you need to do this. Instead of having compassion and love like Jesus, they had this this, sup- this superior, um, prideful nature about them. And so if we're acting like that, we're operating in a spirit of religion. We're wanting to connect ourselves to doing right, that we're godly, but the heart is so from, so far from God. And a religious spirit can even enjoy pleasure more than God, but yet want to be seen as someone who is following Christ. And so we really want to make sure we're checking our hearts because we don't want to be at a place where our hearts are far from God, that we're not deeply rooted. We want to be deeply rooted. We want to have our identity in Christ. We want to know that we're, we're secure in the things of God and that we don't have to do things to, to appear like we love God. When he's in us, it flows out. It's like an overflow of what we're full of. So we don't have to pretend. And with the spirit of religion is when we don't have a relationship with God, we are depending on man to teach us. We're depending on what someone else has to say. And we're and, and it's so surface that if anything went wrong, our hearts would be revealed. We would, we would be mad at what was being taught to us versus what we got revelation of ourselves. I encourage everyone who's listening to these podcasts to, to just go back to the scripture yourself and read it and have the Holy Spirit reveal to you what the scriptures are indicating and what he wants to speak to your heart pertaining to the scripture make it personal because this is a personal relationship with Christ so 
what does this modern day Pharisee living religious spirit look look like nowadays? Um, this still occurs today. You know, unfortunately, we might have pastors and teachers tearing down other people, um, maybe making videos that one person is right and the other person is wrong. They might, um, you know, even find like search for videos that uh, a person maybe said something in air and they'll pull something from like five years ago and take clips of just different things and literally condemning people condemning not just people but other brothers and sisters in Christ and now guess what they have people going back and forth and having arguments over these little bits of video do you know that that's rooted in pride that that comes from a religious spirit and if we are under those types of teachers and pastors that are doing that that are criticizing people and tearing people down we have to truly guard our hearts and pray for them because if we don't this is how this is how catchy that spirit is we can subtly become critical we can become we can subtly start doing those same things and find ourselves being critical of others and thinking that we're doing Jesus a favor by calling different individuals false. Instead of saying, you know what? How about we create a video where we're just praying for them for the full 30 minutes? Would that be more powerful than just tearing them down? Which one would be more effective? This is why the scripture was talking about it useless because it's useless. If we're creating videos to tear people down and there's no power in that, and we know the power resides in prayer and people truly understanding Christ for themselves, the spirit of religion doesn't want us to do that. So it has us focus on doctrine and comparing and causing confusion and division. And self-righteousness, which is rooted in pride, can cause a person to do that. Now, granted, if a person's doing that, it doesn't mean everything they say is an error. It just means that they're operating under a spirit of religion that's prompting, prompting them to think that they're better, to think they're superior, and, um, and to criticize other people. Think about it. If you are a... Uh, if you or I shared something or taught something that was an error and all of a sudden someone creates a video or even creates a message and they, they teach thousands and millions of people that so-and-so said this and they take a little, little clip it from whatever you said and now they have several videos calling you this. And now everyone's pointing fingers. Yeah, this person's this. And guess what? They're not praying for that person. And they're they're creating, their focus is on that versus directing people to Christ. That's the spirit of religion. And if we can't see that, we will be caught up in doing the same thing ourselves, sending those videos to people and messages to people. Did you hear? And that's gossip. So instead of saying, you know what, let's pray. I'm not even going to reshare that. 
instead of just discerning ourselves and seeing it for ourselves and say, you know, you Holy Spirit reveal it to me. If that is false, I will pick up on it and know it for myself. Versus creating arguments and doctrine and traditions and causing people to be divided. That's what the enemy wants. But if we're not discerning, we would not pick up on that and we'll fall for it. Another thing is that when this happens, it can cause a person to not even be comfortable associating with them. Think about it. If the Pharisees went around and said, stay away from this person who healed him, he's false or he's this, then everyone will think, oh no, we can't because of what they said. So instead of having a, an, a personal encounter with Jesus themselves, they could be basing it on what the Pharisees said about Jesus. And now they're creating all these people to not like him. But the, pers- the individuals who had encounters with Jesus, oh, they know he's the real deal. Oh, you can't convince me. I had an encounter with him. Do you see the difference? When you have an encounter with the one he will change your heart. No one can convince you of anything else. The Pharisees can't say, stay away from this person. Don't follow him. Don't subscribe to, you know. You can't convince somebody who has had an encounter. This is why it's so important for us to have an encounter, for us to have a personal relationship with him. Because we won't be tossed to and fro with different sounds of doctrine sounding better than the other. We know for sure who Jesus is to us. And this is why I keep encouraging us, seek Jesus for yourself. So when you hear something that's in error, you'll be able to filter it and still love on that person. You can still pray for the person. And so in, you know, back when the Pharisees were doing that, they knew Jesus for themselves, they would say, oh no, that's not true. We know him. We saw an encounter. We had an encounter and he encouraged us to stop sinning and he still loved us. No, this is the one. They wouldn't convince, they wouldn't be able to do that because they had the encounter. And so this is how we want to be. We, The religious spirit will have us focusing on the minors and becoming critical, self-righteous, not understanding the truth. And this is, this is how Satan wants us to be. I remember um, years ago, someone sent me a video of the list of all these false individuals, you know, claimed to be false individuals. And I say claim because my goal is not to, to judge or condemn people. My goal is to pray and love on people so that they can understand Christ for themselves. So they can even get revelation even with what they understand of purpose in Christ and um, why they were created. So I received a video that was just about these individuals are false and just condemning them. So my response was I was concerned and I, I responded, oh, wow, did you pray for these individuals? And, you know, the thing is, is that a lot of times we might say we pray for people and we we might say we have concern, but when we really do pray for someone, we, you know what scripture, the scripture says love covers. 
And it's not to say that we don't want anyone to be aware of inaccurate teaching, but if our first response is not prayer, then it's pride, it's self-righteousness. And this is, as the body of Christ, we need to be aware of what the enemy is doing. The spirit of religion does not want us praying. It wants us boasting, talking about who's wrong, talking about who's right, and not doing where the doing the powerful action, which is prayer. So the concern about the video being sent to me was that that was the only video that was sent. There, there were no videos pertaining to having a personal relationship with God and um, understanding his love and purpose and you know, evangelism. When the spirit of religion grips us, we'll find ourselves staying on the surface and not getting to the root, not getting to what can truly change a person or even help them in their spiritual growth. Even if they have a relationship with Christ, why don't we share something that's a a testimony of people maybe getting saved, people getting delivered and stuff to help grow our faith, but nothing that's going to divide us and cause confusion. The enemy doesn't want us hearing testimonies of people being um, set free or delivered and um, saved. I love sharing that with people. Why? Because it increases their faith. I don't want people to be so focused on what man is teaching. I want people to hear what the power of God has done in their lives. And I do, granted, I do share other messages, but I don't want people so focused on man that they forget that they can hear from God themselves. And these testimonies, when you just hear and see what God is doing through people, you cannot, there is no question, you can't argue that that's not real when you see it and you hear it. So I I was concerned about those videos because that means that that person, that whoever's creating those videos, the pastors, the teachers, they're operating in a spirit of religion, they're causing division, and they're unaware of it. And they're thinking they're doing Jesus a favor by spending time weeks after weeks doing that. When people don't know Jesus for themselves, they haven't had an encounter, they're dealing with depression, they're dealing with suicidal thoughts, and we're focusing on who's false and who's not, and we're not praying. Is that what Jesus would do? Would he create videos and just call people out for a whole hour and not pray for them and not deliver whatever that spirit is well Jesus is going to get to the root of it and he's going to find a solution creating videos do not videos without a solution without prayer mainly prayer is not a solution it's bringing awareness it's bringing division it's bringing confusion so as believers we should immediately discern this and go into prayer guard our heart and go into prayer and not get into a place of feeling like, oh, because this person said this, I can't listen to them. I can't even follow them. What would they think if I followed them? That's how the Pharisees acted. We're so concerned about our image when we're associated with certain individuals than we are with the love of God and people experiencing his love as a result of us knowing him. So we really want to be mindful of that because the enemy 
will subtly do that. He will he will use teachers to even cause people not to listen to certain people who might even share something that he he wants us to hear. What if God's calling us to evangelize more and to to do other things and there's certain individuals who he's using to speak about that. And now we're not even listening to them because they they're on that list because of association with somebody else because the spirit of religion is causing division again. And now people aren't listening to these individuals who need to listen to them because they, they need to have an encounter. So now they're listening to people who are also operating potentially in a spirit of religion. And we have to pray. This is not to cause you know criticalness, it's to really promote love and to say, I wanna see the power of God on these individuals' lives where the scales come off And this is why it's so important for us to pray for our leaders. I pray for my pastor. I want him to have an encounter with God every single day. I want him to be filled with the spirit every single day. Why? Because he's in a place of influence. And when he's influencing, I want, you know, the goal is for the spirit of the Lord, for the Holy Spirit to flow through him as he's teaching. So whatever revelation he's receiving, it's powerful. It's not weak. It's not watered down. It's powerful. As Christians, we need to arise and start praying for our leaders. Those who are influencing us spend time praying that they don't operate in the spirit of religion, that they're sharing from a place of an encounter in the love of God. I I have even started praying for those who um, are influencing others through social media or whatever the case is, is because... I'm so concerned about the body of Christ, non-believers, people who who haven't even heard of, of Christ, that they will be distracted by what's going on in the body of Christ. So I pray for these leaders and I encourage you to do the same thing, that they might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your messages are gonna change your messages are going to point people back to Christ. You're not gonna be comparing people, tearing people down. You're going to be in a place of humility. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, humility flows out. Love flows out. You can no longer create videos like that because God will deal with you. And that's that's why we have to be filled. This is why The scripture indicates be ye filled with the spirit because when you're filled, you're discerning. When you're filled, you're loving. When you're filled, you operate in a place of wanting to find a solution. You wanna pray. So be discerning about this because the enemy's trying to grip people right now through the spirit of religion. So we want to always get to a place of the root, right? When we're getting to the place of the root, we're going to find solutions. The solution is the word of God. It's what he's calling us to do. When we're operating in a a religious spirit, we'll have difficulty extending grace. We'll be in cutoff mode. Cutoff mode even from what someone else sends us. 
if that person sent me that video and then I was like oh wow you're right and I cut them and I cut those individuals off in regards from receiving from any of those individuals the enemy's job was done he would have been like wow that was easy we don't want to be we want to be so discerning that we're the the enemy is under our feet his tactics are not prevailing that we can still we can still have a desire for the gospel the desire for repentance the desire for people to be in a place of purpose and still have love for people who are in a place of error in what they're teaching our love will pray for them our love will cause us not to talk about them to find the good in them even if they're in error a religious spirit will prompt per a person to feel condemned and they wouldn't even know where the root is that's a religious spirit all of a sudden you're at a place for a while you're receiving and you're feeling condemned you don't feel good enough that's coming from a religious spirit a religious spirit can cause us to feel like we have to be perfect or that we're not good enough and that comes from consistently talking about works that you have to do this you have to do that if you don't do this you're you're out of order there's nothing wrong with teaching about order but if we don't talk about the love of god along with it we're we're going to really get into a place of works this is why we have to balance everything out we have to teach the full word of god his love and repentance his love and sin it can't just be all grace it can't just be all sin and this is what happens is that when we don't teach the full bible it's lopsided if we don't teach how the power of god is still happening and how the gifts are still happening and if we don't teach the full bible that's why i said the full it's lopsided so then we have one person thinking they're better than the other one teaching that it's better than the other that's why we have to teach by the power of the holy spirit when we when we do it like that then nothing's left out it you, you, we're it's a holistic approach a holistic encounter the full gospel and we want to be in a place where we understand it truly and fully so that we're secure in Christ and, and we and we're grounded in him and that we're not even feeling in a place of doubt in his love so say like you're you're at a place of worship and you can't attend for a sunday or two or maybe you have to step away for a few weeks because things are happening in your life the spirit of religion will have you feel condemned from not even being physically present at a church when we understand we are the church when we understand the holy spirit is within us and jesus is with us even if we step away from being at church for a sunday we're not going to feel condemned we're not going to feel like we're no longer loved by god if we're feeling that there there could be some influence of the spirit of religion on us that we're oppressed by it a little bit it can have us feeling that um if we don't read our bible for a day that we're that god doesn't love us or we're not we're not um 
you know, whatever the case is, whatever the lie that the enemy wants to give us, spirit of religion. Because when we're in fellowship with God, when you're in your car or if you're walking, if you're on the bus, if you're on the metro, the subway, whatever, he's with us. We can talk to God wherever we are. We don't have to be so regimented like oh I have to be in my prayer closet oh I have to be at noonday service or I have to be here no he wants us to talk to him wherever we are and religion will have us feeling like if we don't do it like this then it's not right then it then he can't hear us and that's that's the that's what the how the Pharisees did it they felt like if they weren't out making a scene and making it um, so obvious to make themselves seem religious that they um, they thought that that was the only way. And when it's personal, God switches it up. He's like, look, you might have church at your home today, but you might be. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because people are feeling so condemned that they're going, they're focusing on getting to a place, but they're there. They're not even experiencing the power of God. They're not even hearing a message that's challenging them but they're so regimented in getting there and and then they're and they're feeling condemned if they're not there. So I'm not saying not to attend church, but we have to really think about the power that's even with like Holy Spirit, he's in us. We have the Bible. The word of God is written in our hearts. So if you're unable to make it for whatever reason, condemnation should not come upon you. If that does, that's a lie from the enemy. We want to be in a place that we know that God still loves us unconditionally. If we don't read the Bible for a day, condemnation should not come upon us. So God leads us through conviction. And he convicts us when we're out of order. When we're moving far from him. When we're doing something he's called us not to do. Condemnation, that's the enemy. And... If we're feeling that spirit come upon us, we have to get to the root. What have we been listening to? What lies have been fed into my, you know, to our minds? And how how much time have you been spending with God? Have you been receiving his love? Have you had an encounter with him? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit or filled with other people's teachings? have to get back to that we want to make sure that we are not focusing on the mistakes of people we're not focusing on exteriors what people look like how they dress do you know we're all a work in progress when a first when a person first gets saved they might not always be dressing right. When I say dressing right, they might still dress in a way that might be provocative. They might still dress in a way that is distracting. It doesn't mean that they don't love God. It doesn't mean that they're not following him. It means that they need to be discipled, that they still need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an ongoing process. Holy Spirit's in us, but we consistently need to be filled with him on a regular basis. As we're filled with him, we will start to change from the inside out. 
No one has to say, don't wear that, don't do that. This is why we have to push people, when I say push, sorry. This is why we we have to lead people by love and share, and share the benefits of spending time with the master. The benefits of being filled with the spirit. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't want to cause somebody to stumble by what you wear, right? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will question whether or not your outfit is going to cause someone to stumble or lust after you. It wouldn't just be about yourself. And this is not something you would necessarily have to have a full message about. Why? Because you're pointing them to the root. So when the root of spending time with the master and being filled with the Holy Spirit, if that is what's going to prompt a person to understand the difference in how they carry themselves, that's what we do. We don't have to start listing things, saying you can't wear this, you can't do that. We get to the root, you it just flows out of you that, you know what, that would be, that would be tempting to somebody if I did this or if I did that. And so... We won't focus on the minors because we know the minors will be addressed when the major is addressed. Religious spirit focuses on the minors and doesn't focus on the majors. And so we have lopsided teaching. We have lopsided um, understanding of the grace of God. A religious spirit will have us focusing on piercings and tattoos and all this stuff it's there but guess what the Holy Spirit is bigger than that those things don't matter Those when I say when we think about this grand scheme of things if a person has none of that but yet they're not following Christ they're going through the motions they don't they don't love Jesus with their full heart does that seem more sincere to just not have all of that but yet be so far from God that's the religious spirit it's all about it can be about appearance and less about the heart and this will help us to discern things let's not focus on the minors let us truly have consistent grace and love and that we are encouraging people to be reminded that Jesus loves them unconditionally. I've heard so many testimonies about how a person just started changing. They they started to truly know that Jesus loves them. And then that's how their life changed. It wasn't because someone told them, don't do this, don't do that. It's because they they truly found out that God loves them unconditionally. They had an encounter and that's what changed them. So I encourage you to continue walking in a place of grace, humility, and love, and always allow the Holy Spirit to give us discernment. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your unconditional love. We thank you for saving us, Lord. We thank you for giving us a way of escape from this sinful life that we no longer have to be enslaved to sin, that we no longer have to be deceived by the spirit of religion, 
Lord, I ask that you uproot any spirit, spirit of religion that has oppressed your people, that it no longer has a place in the way we think and the way we do things, that we do things by your love, we do things by discernment, that our foundation in you helps us to no longer make a decision based on what somebody said, but by the spirit of the Lord. Lord, flow through us. Help us to consistently desire to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you. We magnify you. We give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you all, be encouraged and reminded that there is nothing impossible with God.